0: To the Roma
1: Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everybody, I hope you're doing very, very well. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. So we have an absolutely packed episode for today. There's obviously going to be myself and Andy discussing... Uh, the latest happenings in the transfer market. We get into the the sale of Stefan El Shadawi. We, we get into the purchase of Paul Lopez. Um, but before Andy and I speak, I am joined by Colin Millar. Colin is the editor of Football Espana, and he is also the author of the book, The Frying Pan of Spain Sevilla versus Real Batista Spain's Hottest Football Rivalry, which is available on Amazon on the 12th of august and if you are interested in reading that you can actually find a link in the description uh wherever you're listening to this that will take you directly to amazon where you can pre-order the book now um and Colin is extremely insightful um in spanish football but uh, particularly when it comes to Batiste and Sevilla, he, he can add a very a strong analysis of the players on those two sides. So uh, when when Roma purchased Paulo Lopez and were linked to Mark Bartra, uh, he was the first name that I immediately thought of. So um, I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to first jump into the interview with Colin, and then that is going to end. And then Andy and I will come on. Uh, To discuss, again, the latest transfer market happenings. And then the episode will end. Um, But before I bring Colin on, I have to first mention our latest patron, Marco, who you can find on Twitter, at King Luns. And that's at King L-U-N-Z-Z. Z. Marco, thank you so, so much. If you would like to join Marco and help support the podcast and the website and all of our endeavors here, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or go to the uh, support page at the top of romapress.net. And again, without all of our wonderful patrons, none of this would be possible. Um, And I thank you so, 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 so much because you are the ones who help keep the lights on here. Uh, All the podcast all the posts on the website that is all down to you so i thank you so 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 much for your support uh so let me bring colin on now and then like i said after colin it will jump into uh andy and myself so here he is now um, again this is colin millar everybody he is the author of the frying pan of spain sevilla versus real batiz spain's hottest football rivalry which you can again Pre-order on Amazon. The book will be available on the 12th of August. And if you want a link to Amazon, um, you can go to the description in this podcast and it'll take you right there where you can pre-order the book. Um, And you can also find Colin on Twitter at Millar underscore Colin. So that's at M-I-L-L-A-R underscore C-O-L-I-N. So here is Colin now. Okay, everybody. Colin is with me now, and I'm very excited to have him join with us because when it comes to anything related to Sevilla or Batiste, he is undoubtedly the expert when it comes to this. So, Colin, how are you doing?
2: I'm not so bad, thanks, John. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for joining. So, uh, the topic on everybody's mind right now is Paolo Lopez of Batiste. He's arriving at Roma for uh, a pretty extravagant fee uh now it's about 20 22 million in cash but uh roma are going to renounce the 50 percent sell-on uh percentage that they have on uh, sanabria so they will renounce that that will go to betis and this is something that uh roma supporters are are dying for a new goalkeeper obviously everybody knows alison joined uh liverpool uh, Roma made one of the biggest mistakes in bringing in Robin Olsen to replace him. It's been nothing less than a disaster. So uh, what do you think of Paulo Lopez? Just your general thoughts on him
2: as a as a player. Well, Paulo Lopez was signed um, by Betis last summer. night. He, he was a free agent when his contract with Espanyol expired. But he'd been a player that been, had been monitoring quite closely for quite a while. He'd been identified by the club as being ideal for the the more sort of possession-based style of play, which then Betis boss uh, Kike Setién was was very very fond of. Now, uh, Lopez's predecessor Antonio Adan was a highly capable shot stopper, but he really struggled with the ball um, with the ball at his feet, and he was uncomfortable playing out from the back. So, L- Lopez was brought in because he was primarily seen as being an upgrade in that department. But the reality is, he's, he's actually a very strong all-round goalkeeper he doesn't he doesn't really have many weaknesses within his game now that can sort of be seen in the fact that he's also a regular within the spanish national team squads he's he's generally behind david de Gea and kepa arita Balaga, um in terms of the pecking order but he's he, over the past year or so he, he's established himself as spain's number three essentially so his playing style was largely developed. It was actually at a slightly unusual loan spell. I think it was the 2016-17 season at Tottenham Hotspur, where he he was brought in from Espanol. But he primarily actually played for the club's under 23 team. Um, and it said that he he learned the the play out from the back uh, under the then Spurs goalkeeping coach Tony Jimenez. Um, so that that's that sort of explains the style of play and the fact that he's ideal for a club who who value possession, who value build and play from quite deep uh, and, and he's not he's not going to panic and he's quite calm and composed. Now does he have any weaknesses? Well, I mean he's still just 24, so he's still he's still a reasonably young goalkeeper and you mentioned the fee there. It, it and in terms of the market price, it, it could be seen as a slight gamble, but I think he represents um, an upgrade for Roma. I think that in many ways he is probably a true replacement or a true successor um, for Allison. No, I'm not saying he, he's quite at that level just yet, but you know he, he is developing, he is growing, and I, I think in terms of what what Roma and Roma fans will will expect of a goalkeeper, I think Paulo Lopez ticks all most if not all of the boxes.
1: That's great to hear. I know many supporters will be excited to hear that. So uh, as you just mentioned, I mean, one of the big things that Roma uh, will be doing this year and one thing that they did last year under a different manager was they, they really want to build up the play from the back starting with the goalkeeper, um, which was something that uh, Robin Olsen was just unable to do so. You mentioned his ability on the ball. I mean, given that Aroma want to play this possession-based style, they want to build from the back, uh, they want their goalkeeper to have uh, steady feet, comfortable in possession. I mean, just based upon which uh, what you said, I mean, it certainly seems like he ticks all the boxes in that regard as well, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. And I mean, listen, I mean, I think, I think Lopez is a, is a goalkeeper who, as I mentioned, he's, he's somebody who's still very much developing. He isn't quite the finished products, but, um, I think he's, he really, really did improve at better, um, under Setien and the, the coaching team there. And um, i and if any of your listeners are familiar with, with Betis under Setien and the Spanish league in general, he was he was renowned for being quite a purist in terms of how he approached the game. He wanted very specific players to play in a very specific way, even if at times it was a little bit kamikaze because there was a lot of risks taken in terms of defence. You know, He wanted his players to be brave, to come out uh, and to take risks you know, and, and, and to express themselves. And Lopez does, does fit that model. And I know that could sound a little bit, a little bit of a worry if if you're going to be bringing bringing um, that kind of mentality into your team and that was that was that wasn't that was just a general concern that Bettis fans had last year that maybe you know this is this style of play it's too it's it's too um, too dogmatic there was no sort of pragmatism there but that being said Lopez Lopez actually made very few mistakes um, and he was he was he was regarded as one, of, as one of the club's best performing players in, in, a season, in a season in which they struggled and in a season in which he was often left exposed by, by defensive mistakes or by the fact that the team was was left quite open defensively. And he, he, he sort of gained a reputation, certainly more so, of being somebody who was excellent in one-on-one situations. He saved a lot of penalties too. You know, this is a guy who, who really was assured of his positioning and, and in terms of what, what he could do in those pressure moments. He, he excelled in those, uh, certainly in my view anyway. And, and I think that's something that that, that that Roma fans can take a lot of encouragement from. And, and again, it's something that, you know, for Roma, who are probably going to be a team who in most of their league games are going to look to dominate possession, who are going to look to really take the initiative in the game. And whilst they could potentially be hitting the counterattack, I think Paulo Lopez is a goalkeeper who would be ideal for for those situations,
1: that's great to hear. So, uh, you just mentioned the uh, sort of the, the style that Batiste played with. Uh, another player that Aroma have been linked with, and they admitted they, there were talks with him. Uh, it, it's unknown now where those talks stand, but uh, they've been linked pretty heavily to ex Barcelona defender Mark Bartra. So, what do you think about him? Um, would he be a good fit do you think he'd be better off staying put uh what's your opinion on that
2: um well I think I think from the the talk of mark Bartre it's probably it's probably a move which has has greater complications um for Roma I think it's the sense that Bartre is, is a fundamental player for Bettis in terms of he's he's the guy that has been a part of, of a three-man defense over the last 18 months the club aren't particularly under great pressure to sell players in general now now the club the club do have long outstanding debts but i think with the lopez deal seen scene is, is, is being seen as particularly beneficial to the club and bartra himself he has a 60 million euro release clause now i don't think the Betis would hold out necessarily for such a high value but you are probably talking in excess of 40 45 million um for a player and that that truly would be a significant level of investment um for, for any Itali- Italian side, certainly on a, on a defender, um, and there's also like there's question marks over the future for a number of better stars. I mean, but when Lopez is leaving for Roma, and you talked about Bartra, and there's Giovanni Lucchese, Junior Ferbo, and Sergio Canales. Now, my understanding is that there's only a there's only a true expectation that lochelso will probably leave this summer, and that's probably going to be a deal in excess of 70 million uh probably to Tottenham although that's you know these these are initial initial talks and there's 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 also a domino effect in the market in terms of how Tottenham are going to be left with Christian Eriksen and everything else so this is all theoretical but Bettis do expect to receive a massive payment for Lo Celso um and considering this is a player who they signed permanently only a few months ago for 22 million so this is again this is a massive massive profit so there's no there's not going to be a great pressure to sell Bartrup. um again that, I mean okay a bit, a bit more background on him i suppose i mean he was signed he was signed in january 2018 so relatively recently actually from borussia dortmund his first sort of half season six months he was in he was excellent form uh, and he he was really he was probably the player that was most credited with with the club's upturn in form in that second half of that season and they of course got into europe from that i think his form's probably levelled out a little bit since he's not he's not considered or, or certainly he's not expected to be a regular in the Spanish national team squads, and there was a little bit of talk about that beforehand. He's a player who I believe belongs at a big club with aspirations, possibly of Champions League football. But I think in terms of the transfer fees, the transfer fees are being discussed. I'm not sure it represents particularly great value, and I think if there was to be a deal, whilst he would be he would be a very good addition for Roma. I think that the money uh, and the priority the prioritise the priorities of the club might might lay might lie elsewhere. Um and, and for that reason I I would at this point if you had to push me out to a deal it probably isn't likely to happen. But of course there's there's plenty of scope for, for things to develop and change from that.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. Uh everybody he is the author of the Frying Pan of Spain, Sevilla versus Real Batiste, Spain's hottest football rivalry, which is available on the twelfth of August. Uh, next month on Amazon. You can find a link in the description uh, below. He's also the editor of Football Espana. Uh, Colin, I, I can't thank you enough for the time. This was wonderful insight, and I hope we get to do this again soon.
2: Oh, Jonathan, it was my passion Yes, I hope to speak to again soon.
1: Absolutely. Take care. All right, everybody. We are back. I am here with Andy to discuss the latest in the market. So we, we took a week off, uh, and in that time, we have Paulo Lopez arriving. We have Roma moving in on Atalanta defender Gianluca Mancini. But let's first get to Lopez. Andy, we, um, we needed Roma to make an important investment in a goalkeeper because we saw what happened last summer when you tried to go the uh, the cheap or i should say the safe route i guess i wouldn't okay well in hindsight olson wasn't safe at all but uh, roma went the cheap route we should say uh instead of investing important figures after alisson was sold so from what you've been able to see from lopez are are you happy about this because it's It's roughly $20 in cash, and then Roma are renouncing their rights to the 50% sell-on fee uh, of Tony Sanabria. So what have you made of this? Uh,
0: For me, if I'm happy, I still don't know because I know too little about the player. I've seen some statistics. I've watched... Uh, a couple of games before the previous episode, then I cu- watched a couple of more. Uh, mostly they were losses, so I could just get a, a better sense of what the goalkeeper is about. To me, the most, Im- after the, the Olsen collapse, uh, the most important thing is uh, that Fonseca is happy. That To me, that is the most important. I've seen some quotes today. I've seen some uh, local reporters uh, say, well... For that price, I probably would have kept uh, Mirante. I would have stuck to Mirante as a starter. Yeah, but the thing is that Fonseca didn't. Fonseca uh, explicitly chose this goalkeeper. We know why. We've, we've read about it numerous times. I think um, he has one of the best passing short passing ratios in, uh, in La Liga. Uh, most of the action uh, starts from, from him. Uh, him and the defenders at Betis were, were, were the ones who uh, sort of the coach relied on for most of the uh, game plan. So if this is what Fonseca wants and if this is the sort of goalkeeper that will allow Fonseca to uh, build a, a certain scheme, a certain uh, team that he wants, that he envisions, then I'm all for it. We know that Fonseca didn't work with the phenomenon – Phenomenal goalkeepers in the past. I mean, for the what for the past two or three years at the, at the Shakhtar, he played with Piatov, who I don't think anybody rates really, but is certainly one of the one a goalkeeper that relies mostly on his uh, uh, footwork. Um, so if this is what Fonseca wants, uh, be it, I, I I prefer spending this m- amount of money on on a goalkeeper that uh, the the coach specifically requested than say a, a guy like Perin, um, just because he's Italian, just because he is experienced, just because. I don't. I, if if that is the alternative, then uh, Paolo is welcome to Roma.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and. You know, just in regards to this operation, I mean, Roma had this this bargaining chip in the form of the 50% sell-on for Tony Sanabria. I don't think any of us really envision his uh, future long-term at Genoa anyway to begin with. So this was actually a valuable piece. And the fact that Roma were able to turn that into something um, I think is important. And I agree with you in the sense that, listen, if this is what Fonseca wanted, you have to give it to him. Because we saw... What happened last year when you have a manager who is not given the players or the tools that he specifically requests from his sporting director? It, it, it's nothing short of a disaster. So the, in my opinion, they absolutely had to do this. They had to make an important investment. And I'm glad with the name. Listen, I I, I wasn't uh, quiet about who I originally wanted. I, I wanted Carano of Cagliari, but after he signed that renewal... Uh, it was going to be extremely, extremely difficult in trying to sway Cagliari to, 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 uh, to sell him. I think the only way they could have potentially have gotten him is perhaps in certain DeFrail into talks, but, uh, Fonseca didn't want to wait another two to three weeks to try and bring in an additional goalkeeper or bring in another goalkeeper. So this was the way to go. I think it was a smart purchase. Um, I want to get to something, though. Oh, and and real quick. um, So we're about to talk about Fonseca's uh, first press conference as as a new manager of Roma. Um, Andy, what did you think about some of the questions that people were asking him that seemed to be a topic after the press conference? I can't believe some of the things that he wasn't asked. I was kind of astonished, actually. I mean, not a single person asked him as to why Paulo Lopez was selected. I mean,
0: right, I, I was also waiting because the same day, Paul Lopez came to Rome, and, and uh, I was waiting for them to to ask him about about that. Maybe inquire about why he was selected or what are the sensations about that purchase. Uh, I thought, you know, the questions are typical questions you might uh, you might expect in, in in that sort of in those sort of circumstances, especially with the translator, the new coach. And, uh, you know, people looking for headlines. So I, I didn't like, you know, I love, I love that. This is one thing that I loved. I love that Petraki was the whole time he was sitting there pulling these mean mugs, uh, just looking mean as hell. And then whenever somebody asked him about something about the market, he would just like completely. Ignore them, or better yet, just say something in in such a way that would just make them think twice about asking him those questions next time. And and that's the right way to go. I I think I, I was excited to hear something more about tactics. I can understand that this is still very early stages, but... I would I would have wanted him to sort of present his ideas of, of of what he expects, how he expects to play with this team. But none of the questions address that. Most of the questions address the the market, the Florenzi. Is he going to be captain? Uh, you know those questions that really don't. Don't do anything for him. Don't do anything for us. Um, So I was uh, sort of mixed. I think this was the opposite of Petrachi's uh, uh, conference, which was intense. It was just out in the open. It was, you know, it was just hunting season. Uh, And here it was just a very mild sort of passive uh, uh, press conference. Nothing uh, uh, unusual about it.
1: No, but I have to say one of the things when he was asked about Dzeko... Like Petraki, he was pretty. I, 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 you know, to say he was harsh, maybe a little uh, hyperbolic, but he was frank in the sense that he said, "Listen, if somebody here doesn't want to be here, I'm not going to make you stay. I want players here that are willing to put the cause of the team ahead of their own." And it just seems, it seems very clear that both the sporting director and the manager are trying to send a very clear signal to Edin Dzeko. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: I think the the message is clear, has been clear, and it should have been clear even last season, because we've seen the attitude from him last season. If you don't want to be here, get the fuck out, you know, and and, and don't play with us. and and this is I I like this because going into a new season you cannot afford to have egos clashing, uh players being unhappy. You don't need that. You cannot afford to having a, another preseason where the team just doesn't build enough chemistry. They, this team has to build proper chemistry. They need to become a real team unlike last season so that when when you're going to play competitive matches you 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 perform unlike last season when it was just it seemed like they were shell shocked for the first couple of months so uh, this is this is I, I think this is a strong message i like the fact that they're taking a stand and also it was funny because he said somebody said well, well what do you value in a striker and he said well, I I, uh, I want I want a, a striker to score goals. So I think uh, right now Roma don't have that sort of striker in Dzeko or or Schick. Um So that's another clear message. We need somebody else. We need fresh faces. Um, and I, I'm happy about that.
1: So speaking of strikers, the the name the hot name for the past week now has been Gonzalo Higuain. Uh Petracki not being at all shy about openly courting him in his press conference saying uh, he can do as Batistuta did. Um, now, I, I know for a lot of the heart of learning that they think that he was potentially comparing him to Batistuta, which he wasn't. I don't know why anybody would conclude that. He wasn't comparing them in terms of ability. He was just saying, I think he can do as Batistuta did come to Roma sort of renew himself a little bit. Um, now it came out yesterday that Iguain is once again, or, or I shouldn't say once again, but is still not interested in moving to Roma. What do you think of how they're going about doing this? Because it seems like they almost want <laughs> like they almost want to wear him down until he finally just says, okay, well, you know what? I'll go. Um, Listen, Juve have made it clear he doesn't have uh, a future there. He still, have two, he still has two years of contract left at uh, Juventus. But do you think anything will sway his mind? Or do you think Roma just want to see, hey, maybe they get to their retiro. Sarri makes it once again clear, listen, you have no future here. I mean, do you think that's the right approach to take? Or do you think they might be losing time or losing out on other opportunities that aren't Gonzalo Higuain?
0: Listen, I think I think, uh, I think um, Dave, from what I've heard, and this this comes from from reliable sources and uh, uh, around, and as well, oh, as- you're
1: like Stephen A. Smith now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> reliable sources, yes, I got my sources. No, but 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 I think I think listen, I think this is a pos- same with Vertu. The fact that they're taking this much time uh, to sort of. See what the player wants. Uh, it tells me that there are options out there that are also being monitored closely, um, and certainly that striker position from from what I've heard is is second is second on the checklist. I mean, after they get Mancini, um, which they are very close to, that that will be the next goal. And um, listen, I. A part of me feels that something will be worked out uh, with, with, with Higuain. And uh, certainly I don't like the fact that, you know, you you are getting somebody that has rejected multiple destinations in the past and right now is sort of playing hard to get. But you have to understand that this guy, I mean, two, two or three seasons ago, he was one of the best players in seria um one of the top strikers uh, and then suddenly uh, it was the fall from grace and and uh, he had rock bottom uh, uh, at milan and chelsea um, and is and is now looking in in for for a helping hand from his coach the coach that sort of made him the phenomenon that he was sarri uh, and i think listen when when he gets the message um eventually something will be worked out but i'm i'm sure that that roma are also looking otherwise because it would be foolish you know to to focus all your attention on uh, on an aging striker who makes that much money um and is in a in a difficult position so i just don't see how that can be the only option um I, I have mixed feeling about this. I was very negative at the beginning. Um, then I I started doing my own thinking, uh, and I don't know. Let's see what happens. I'm just very interested. I I find it incredibly ambitious of of Petraki to go after this sort of caliber of a player uh, uh, this time around at uh, his first time at Roma. So that's it's it, it it gets me excited.
1: Yeah, same with me. I think a lot of people tend to forget how good he was just not so long ago and given how things went for him at uh, Milan, Chelsea I, I I think a lot of us very quickly tend to toss aside Iguain as a player his ability again you mentioned it two, three seasons I mean you could have easily made the case that he was not only one of the best strikers in the city, A yeah, but top five, top ten in the entire world I mean he was at the top of his game not so long ago. Now, yes, he's getting up there in age, but listen, uh Ed and Jecko at his age was scoring almost thirty goals in the city. So I think this could be a good opportunity for uh for Roma. I'm curious. And also, and also, you're out. right.
0: I mean, this comparison between I mean, uh, let's remember the the Jekyll where he came from and what situation he was in. He was also on the downhill. Uh pushed out of of Manchester City um, with Aguero being there he just wasn't the man anymore and um, and it was a similar situation where suddenly this this big time player came to Roma. Um, I'm not saying that that it, it's it's exactly the same but I think the players the pro- profiles are, are, are similar under the the fact that both rely extremely, they both rely very much on motivation. They need the right motivation. And Higuain, uh, if he is motivated, if, if you can give him a coach that can really get into his head and work with him, he can be world-class. Um, he's younger than Dzeko. And uh, from what I've been reading, uh, he has now a personal trainer. He's really working on his shape, uh, wants to be top-notch for, for the Retiro with Juve. So let's see what happens. That That is a, a, an exciting situation to monitor.
1: I think if Juve were to give him the renewal, spread out that payment, uh, give him the, the golden handshake, uh, the severance pay, send him to Roma, I think something could be worked out. And I think that's what eventually will happen if he were to potentially join Roma. Um, so we recorded right after Petracki's press conference, but we ran into some issues with the recording. So going back a little bit, what did you make of his entire press conference at the weekend? Because when we originally recorded, you and I both loved it. Um, We won't go through it as extensively as we, as we originally did, but I mean, what were some of the high points for you? Um, I mean, for me, I loved what he said about Dzeko. We're not going to be blackmailed. We're not going to be Uh, you know, choked by anyone or forced to do anything we don't want to do?
0: Yes. Yes. Because that's, uh, it's what I've been saying on this podcast for the past few months about Jekyll. If you don't want to be here, fuck off. Uh, Same with the the thing. I like the fact that he said uh, sort of, tried to do, uh, said something about Manolas, you know, said, said you know, we don't need here players that will cry, uh, you know, uh, whenever something doesn't go their way. Um, did a great job of boosting uh, uh, the confidence and sort of the image of Diawara, said that Diawara wanted to be in Rome as soon as possible. They even had a chat on the phone. That is very important to me, that the fact that you make a, a new player feel important especially a player that sort of came in here people are skeptical about him they're saying oh we we sold manolas for diawara what the hell is this you know that it's good that he did that he understands the mechanisms of of the fan base the the media speculation he also said he needs players that smile just like spinazzola when they join um Roma we've seen Paul Lopez smile so that's that's another positive sign I think there were a a lot of positive signals and as I said to you unfortunately I'm sorry guys but my microphone did some stupid shit uh, and it all went to hell Uh, but but what as I said to you the first time around I I think that that press conference said a lot about Petraki because Monchi, when he talked on the, in that first press conference that we both liked as well, uh, two years ago, uh, he he addressed Roma's future. He said he wants Roma to do this, to win this, a, a trophy, to achieve this, to 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 be like this. And Petrachi was all about what we need to do now. That we it, that you know the future comes later on uh the situation right now is not pretty but we can do something and this is what we are going to do so players that don't want to be here get the hell out we are looking for these these players we want a team that plays like this we we uh the coach is 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 doing this to 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 help the team out so i like that that it's all we if if in the past people were saying, Oh, look at the Campioni d'Agosto, meaning we are the trophy winners of yeah, the yeah. Of, of the summer, you know, because that's what we talk, we do. Fans like to talk. This wasn't talk. This was just a reality check and it was necessary.
1: Mixed with the press conference of Petraki with the very weird Instagram post of his agent, I loved everything he had to say about Zaniolo. Um I mean, he more or less knocked him down a peg or two and said, listen, you haven't done anything. You were terrible towards the end of last season. You had a few good matches, but you haven't proven anything, and you need to stop acting like you've achieved something, as if you've arrived somewhere. Um, and then we have his agent uh, just yesterday saying, and it was very weird because I, his agent, Claudio Vigorelli, he's he's a nice guy. Um, so I was, I was kind of dumbfounded as to why he felt the need to go to his company's Instagram to put out a notice that he wasn't in any talks with another club for Zaniolo. Um, but in the, in the Instagram post, he sort of kissed Petrachi's ass a little bit by saying, oh, congratulations on this new role and this new challenge. Um, I just found the the timing of it all very, very interesting. But what Petracki said about Zaniolo, I absolutely loved. And I have to be honest with you, I think a lot of other Roma supporters probably felt that way too, given what we've seen from him in the summer, the way he was acting at the under uh, 21 euro as well. I mean, did you think he was maybe too harsh or did you agree with him?
0: No, that that is also necessary. That is an attitude that is necessary, especially in Italy where we have this recent culture of Turning every youngster into a phenomenon. I mean, uh, not even so long ago, uh, Caprari was was the phenomenon of, of, of Italy, right? I mean, remember <laughs> those Viviani, days, yeah. Viviani, yeah, Viviani. Exactly. So it's very easy in this day and age, in in this in Italy's football, because I, I don't see that much in another, other maybe maybe in England, but but in Italy it's it's very common, and and it's it's not good for players. Um, and that was necessary. It's, it's, again, it sent a strong message to the player, to the team, to other players that would be coming in or to other players that are already at the club. It doesn't matter if you had a good spell. Um, you, you don't get to do whatever you want. Uh, you, you are an important player for this team, but you're still just a, a 20-year-old guy who uh, uh, still needs to learn a lot of things, and you know, whenever whenever you have those golden boys, it's always good to bring them down to earth. He did exactly that because uh, I think again that that's something that impacted the team last year. That you had the veterans, and then you had the golden boy who went for two months. For, uh, in every headline, he was mentioned. Then you had the rejects, the ones that were being criticized. So. This all these power imbalances are not healthy for the team. And I think this was this was very good of Petrachi to, to sort of say it out in the open, put it out there. Uh, uh, uh. And so whenever Zaniolo comes back, he knows what he's dealing with.
1: Yeah, so moving away from the press conferences, we also have Stefano Shadawi going back on his words from a week ago when he said, I want to play important football. If you look back at his previous interviews, Anytime he has been asked about playing under Mancini in the uh, Azzurri, I mean, he's very open about how much of an objective that is for him. And again, he gives an interview uh, one week ago, says he doesn't want to go to the Chinese league. He wants to play in an important (laughs) league at a high level. Well, I I guess 15 million euros per season is... um, I have to be honest. I mean, I would go play in antarctica if if i was offered those sort of wages wouldn't you i mean i i you know a lot of people get a lot of people go oh the 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 roma supermarket it's open um this wasn't roma selling a player this this was this was el shadawi saying hey you gotta let me go because you're coming nowhere close to offering me those wages Um, i mean he was requesting four million euros from roma and they weren't even going to give him that they probably wanted to settle around three maybe three and a half so he's earning per season roughly five times what he could have earned at Roma. I mean, can you really blame him?
0: No, I can't blame him, especially when you when you realize that Gra- Graziano Pelé is making 19 million a season. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's. Uh, I guess that's human nature. I thought I thought that message. Uh, he shouldn't have re- released that that message where he said, "Oh, I'm too young to." That backfired, and that will be brought up whenever he comes back to Europe. The, the fact that, you know, you, you, you put that message out there, and then what happened to your dignity? Um, because uh, this was reasonable, and I, I said it, if if there was one player on this roster whom I envisioned in China, it was, it was Al-Sharaoui. This is a, a, a unfortunately it's it's a player that has a lot of talent maybe not as much as everybody thought he had when he was just that young golden boy again uh, uh, and people were calling him the new Messi and all that stuff uh, and and he just he's a player that gets lost very easily and uh, plenty of ups and downs now he had a, a really good season but still a really good season at a certain age i thought this was his moment his moment to sort of make the next step and he figured you know what maybe the risk is too big why Why should i stay here in at roma um still maybe not make the national team still probably not win a, not a trophy and still not make the money i think i deserve to make and um so the that next step was logical. Just go for it and then make the money, come back in two, three years, player chances then. And uh, so good luck to him. I think we all are grateful for that extremely unexpected goal against Chelsea. I thought that was one of the best moments uh, in recent years as a Roma fan watched that goal, that ball go into the back of the net uh, yeah, after just, a yeah. after just a few minutes. So that was... And, and you know and without him last season we would have probably been even worse um, so cheers to him and good luck
1: yeah I mean for me no animosity whatsoever um, this was just another opportunity for the for the 1.0s to express their disdain which okay um, listen every I think every single one of us would have left uh, had we been offered those sort of wages so I, listen I'm not going to blame him I'm not going to be angry. I do think it's an important loss. I'm curious to see who they bring in. I I mean, the most obvious names that you point to are um, Pedotti stepping into that starting role or maybe Clivert being given more of an important role as well. Um, I mean, do you think they have to buy somebody because you have Under on the right, Uh, perhaps Zaniolo on the right. You have Pellegrini in the middle, perhaps Pastore in the middle. Um, And then on the left, I mean, Perotti, Clivert. I mean, do you think they they have to bring in somebody else or do you think just by everybody having probably a better season than what they had last uh, term that they can sort of make up for that loss?
0: Well, you know, listen, I uh, I think all the names that have been thrown out, do I think they're they're going to look for somebody? I think so. I From from what I've read, I think so. But I also think that the names that are being thrown out there, Brahimi, De Paul, are, are not really names that particularly interest Rome. I just don't think that, that that's the way to go and that's the way – Roma wants to go. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised actually if if Roma decided to move on that winger position if they pulled off something sort of like under uh, a couple of years ago. You know, a low cost operation of somebody young, somebody not we we don't really know much about, but but can still contribute um, has, and has big upside because be honest, with the way Fonseca plays, I think there are plenty of option, valid options as wingers in this team. As you said, we have Perotti. Um, hopefully, he stays healthy this season, although I know that is a gamble, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's a perfect player for, for Fonseca. Um Under Clivert, players that I also hope can, can, can sort of maintain and, and show what they can do This year, Um, but I also think that in Fosseca system, a guy like Spinazzola can go forward. I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Spinazzola play a a few games as a winger because you have Kolarov, you have Spinazzola. They both have the same abilities of going forward. Spinazzola, if, if is 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 known for his offensive game, so. I, I think the options are already on this team, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if some name w- would show up on that winger position in the transfer market.
1: So a name that came out of really nowhere today, I didn't expect it at all. Uh, Teleradio Stadio got a, a interview with the agent of Fulham midfielder, the the ex-niece uh, uh, midfielder, Sarri. What do you think of him? Because I have to tell you, um, I was very surprised by that, I have to be honest. Um I had no idea that Fonseca managed him in Portugal. Right, same, so that same. was same. interesting. I, yep. Yeah, I, I didn't know I didn't know that at all. Um so I, listen, when he was in France, Roma absolutely tried to get him on two or three different occasions. Both Sabatini and Monchi tried to bring him to Roma. Obviously that never happened, but I mean, what do you think about him? Is he a guy that a lot of people were saying on Twitter today? I saw that. Well, we've already got Diawara. Said he is not really the box to box that they need. Um, More of a vice
0: Diawara, but. I don't really know if that's the case. I mean, what do you think? I think the getting him was. I I love the player, and uh, when he was playing at Nice, and Nice were having a special season that year. Uh, I watched Nice a lot, and it's when talking about that city, you're talking about one of the best midfielders in Europe at that time. The, the way he played every position it wasn't he was playing one particular position in the midfield he was controlling the midfield um but yes I'm also the opinion like I like the guy I like him a lot and I like him better than Vertu although they don't they don't play the same way they're not similar players at all um but if I were to pick one, I would pick Ceri. The problem is that yes, you have Diawara who sort of fills that role. Um and then you know, Roma don't have that much height advantage in in, in the middle of, of the pitch, you know, and and um, you I mean if Nzonzi leaves, you have pretty small guys out there besides Cristante, I think, would be the tallest one. Um you have a pretty small team out there. I just don't think that would work um, and also, it all depends from the cost. We know that uh, Premier League clubs, no matter, no matter what, where they find themselves in what position, they will always ask a lot of money. But is, is, is City worth a big investment? To me, it's a yes. I know people are sort of conflicted about it, but I absolutely love the player.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, he was linked to Roma for two or three straight seasons. Um, both Sabatini and Monti wanted to bring him.
0: He was also... Wasn't he linked to Barcelona at a certain point the summer he left he was, for Fulham? He
1: was. Um, I mean, he was linked to everybody. I mean, I what was it? Two or maybe it was three seasons ago now when Nice had that incredible season under Fulham. Three, five, three um. seasons ago.
0: Three seasons ago.
1: I mean, he was, as you said, he was at the heart of that midfield. Um, I do like him. I, I'd, be, I'd be curious to see. Listen, nobody asked us at the press conference of Fonseca yesterday, and I don't know why, but... Um, I mean, Diawara is, is, as we've seen, he's most comfortable playing in a three-man midfield as the Regista. Um, given that Fonseca likes to play that 4-2-3-1, how is that going to work? Are you going to adapt formation? I, I, nobody asked that, but I'd be curious to see. Maybe they could coexist. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, Fonseca really hasn't given any indication one way or the other which formation he prefers or if he will just stick to his usual. I mean, he hasn't ever really deviated away from that four, two, three, one. Um, so I, I, I guess in that regard, I, I will be curious to see what ultimately happens. Um, now moving away from the midfield, the name that everybody has been talking about, we've discussed him a little bit on here, Gianluca Mancini. What do you think? Cause it looks like they're closing in on him. I, for, um, I know his agent sort of well, Giuseppe Rizzo. um Nice guy. I I do think with him you're you're dealing with someone who's really no nonsense. And in this matter, I think what's being held up is is Atalanta, perhaps trying to find a replacement. I don't know. But anybody who saw him at the under twenty one Euro, uh, I don't think he impressed. But I don't think he was terrible. I thought he did good. Um, I mean is he a guy you like? Didn't mean he play fullback
0: for he I think he played the right back right for a couple of games. Yeah, they put him
1: at right back. They did for two.
0: Yeah, that's uh, uh disgusting. But still I I like the player. I think I think um especially I like what I've been seeing as the the payment and I the price I think 25 is is just right for an up and coming uh, defender um well, yes he also had his ups and downs at atalanta especially in the second half of the season but i think has tremendous upside and, and a lot of potential and and is um i think he's a, he's just a, a classic aggressive defender good headers physically imposing that's that's what i take him for for just being just this, this, this animal, uh, really. Um, also good with footwork. I, I, I recently when I when we were linked with him being so close, I, I tried to catch up on some Atalanta highlights. He is also good footwork, and I think he's a, a perfect piece if you want to to get somebody more experienced. Uh, from what we've been hearing, uh, it's uh, right now. It's. One of the, the profiles that is at the same time most difficult and most looked upon is is, is Nkulu from Torino who Petrachi got from Lyon, which I still think is one of the best deals in in recent Serie A history. Really, for it, the way he performed at that particular after that price, uh, uh, the way he he him and and Itzo led Torino to a Europa League spot it's 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 great and um i think that manchini fits that 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 the sort of that that characteristic that you want to find somebody young with a with a lot of upside and at the same time somebody next to him who can lead the defense somebody who has a leader mentality uh and and sort of can control the game
1: so you're not worried that he is sort of the uh Gian Piero Gasparini fools gold as we've seen with other players. I mean you can make the case for a number of players who thrive under Gasparini, they leave Gasparini's system and they struggle mightily. So you're not
0: worried about that. Well am I worried about that probably, I I don't know, I probably am, but I'm also I, I don't I don't like to think about it. I mean, yes, the history if you think about it, it's really <laughs> it's crazy. Like you have Conti who hasn't played a game at Milan without injuring himself or performing. You have Caldara, uh, who was easily one of the best center-backs in Serie A, and then just disappeared. He vanished. And then you have Kessier, who at Atalanta was also an incredibly imposing player, gone from the radar. I mean, the guy, both of his legs are shot. Um, you have Cristante, who went from being one of the most efficient midfielders in Serie A to just uh, an okay player at Roma and and struggled with Roma altogether. So obviously there are questions and it's pretty tragic, the history that those are. But at the same time, you, you sometimes you just have to take a gamble. And I think... You know, I mean, who are you going to go after? If I'm, I'm already happy of the names I'm hearing: Alderweireld, Nkulu, That's that's great to hear that those profiles are are sort of their profiles that are are, are being looked upon by Roma. But otherwise, what are the alternatives? I don't really know. Uh, I know only one thing: the defense needs some serious cleaning up. I'm uh, Manolas is gone. We are hearing Marcano to Porto is. It will probably get completed, so that's a start. And whatever fresh faces come over here, I'm willing to give them a chance. Then that's about it. The
1: the name that I I have to say the one that I want more than anybody is in Kulu. I th- I think he would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I think between loan and and purchase, I think Petraki paid four and a half million euros for him and now sky sports says that they're uh, torino are requesting 30 oh, 35 wow. million euros which yeah. is sensational um I, do i think he's worth that no given his age uh, th- that would mean he's 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 equal in value to Costas manolas I, I don't think that's the case but 20 25 even at that level that's still an incredible investment that any club would have to make and an absolutely sensational return from torino so um, you have to get Petraki credit in that regard because that is absolutely incredible. Um, he would be a guy I would absolutely like to see at Roma. So I, I, I'm hopeful that they can uh, eventually bring him to the club um, because, I, again, he's an important player. Um, I think he has the characteristics that you're looking for. I, I mean, you just said this defense needs an overhaul. I mean, we haven't even talked about right back or the fullback um I mean, obviously, Spina Zola comes in. Do you think maybe this is an opportunity for Khaledov to move centrally? Because um, in the podcast that we recorded, that we had issues with, you and I talked about Fazio, and if it's, I think you and I both said we were extremely uncomfortable with giving him uh, an important role again this this season. Because I I just don't think you can give Federico Fazio um, a first choice place in 30, 35 matches again. I mean, that prospect is terrifying. It terrifies me.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we said it. Let him play against the Luxembourgish bankers, uh, against uh, (laughs) Swiss hunters, against, you know, Bulgarian uh, 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 just fishermen. Uh, Do whatever you want. Just don't play him in serious games. Um, And then, man, it's, you know, the fact that... this unspoken, this sort of taboo topic of Florenzi. We have another season ahead of us where with 90% of probability, we'll we'll see Florenzi be the starting right back for Roma. And as I'm saying this, I feel completely deflated. Uh, And then when I think that his backup at the moment is Karsdorp, whom we haven't seen in many, many years we don't know what he looks like. We don't know what he's made of. Um, it's that—that that is to me the terrifying position. It's because if if there is if there is one aspect of this team besides the sort of yeah sure you have Fazio you have Juan Jesus who is not very reliable but one area which I wish was addressed for just once and forever was that right back position and it's it's just giving me the creeps to think that yes we'll have a new coach we'll have most likely a team with a lot of new faces and I'm happy to have Florencia as a captain but just to see him out there uh, uh, on one side I'm I'm, on one hand I, I want to wish him the best of luck I want to see him have a great season but the second on the other hand i'm just i'm just tired man i'm just tired of of the lack of quality on that right side ever since the, the first Micon left
1: i was just about to say so the last the last season roma really had sensational output from that right back position was 2013 2014 with Micon, and that was incredible but that was only one season because in the next season he completely broke down um that's six years I, I, ago, man.
0: That That's six yeah, years ago. I've,
1: I've, yeah, and I've, I've talked about why that might have been the case with Micon. I'll let everybody else speculate as to why they think that might be. Um, but I'm on Transfer Market, the website Transfer Market right now. And it says the value of Alessandro Florenzi is currently 25 million euros. If a club came to Roma with 25 million euros, Would anybody say no? I I mean, I I I would personally
0: I I would personally help him pack. I would take care of his family. (laughs) I would afford it. I would pay for their bus tickets.
1: It's, I I mean, and and I say this with the the utmost respect because I've said time and time again. Listen, the the, the, the the career of Alessandro Florenzi was done a major disservice the second Rudy Garcia decided to put him at right back. And it's unfortunate that there has been no looking back from that because I still remember to this very day that season he had under Zeman in 2012-2013, that goal he scored against Inter. For me, I, I, I was watching this guy and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the next big thing. One of the best midfielders in all of the city. Ah, yeah, he could do it. Um, and then we see uh, Rudy Garcia arrive in 2013-2014. Uh, The very first match of that season against Livorno, uh, Florenzi is playing on the right flank in attack. Um, And really from there, the rest is history. I've always been of the mindset that he is a midfielder. He's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. He's nothing else. He's not a winger. He can't cross. uh, He can't really take his man on the dribble one-on-one. So I don't really understand what value he brings on the flanks. I, I think he's a... He's a central midfielder, and that's it. And I think he was done a major disservice the second he was moved out to the right-back um, position. So what else do we need to see from him? I mean, honestly, don't... I mean, Andy, isn't this... This was a failed experiment, you know? I, I mean, why why keep carrying this on? Because, because
0: you've seen what happens when you take Romans out of your club. You see... I mean, the day sort of Roma manages to fully alienate itself from that convention from that idea and just have the guts to to pull the trigger and sort of say okay we've had enough because enough is enough you know it's i i like florenzi uh, i think he's a good guy from what i've seen in interviews i think he's he's a nice guy and he, he shows tremendous passion for the club but that doesn't mean that he's untouchable and when you start season after season after season, and you always, I mean, it's not, because a lot of people will probably say, you guys are, are out of your depth, you cannot criticize so much, Florenzi, but it's, why is it that time and time again, season after season, the weakest position is that right back position. Every single year, we're seeing that side uh, just get demolished, uh, at least in the first year with, with uh, Di Francesco, at least Kolarov, who's, who in the last year was terrible, um, at least in that year, Kolarov was solid. And uh, we didn't have that many issues, even though a lot of people were afraid that Kolarov would suffer uh, due to his tendency to go forward, not track back, which became an, an occurrence last season, really. Um and meanwhile, Florenzi was just time and time again getting destroyed on that right wing. So I really, I, to me, that is, that is going to be always the, one of the first things on the checklist to, to address during the transfer market. I don't, I don't think this is going to happen this season, maybe next season. Who knows? I really hope Florenzi has a, a, an amazing season under Fonseca because this has been an issue that has been going on far too long.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen this summer. Um I mean there's obviously been rumors about Conte didn't there, but um I, I, I don't think he'll be leaving. Um but we will see. We will see. Um, so just to end this here, anything else about the market that has concerned you Um, Has there been a player that they've been linked with that you don't like? I mean, for me, the only – the puzzling thing for me, uh, this Veritu, this race for him to me, um, I I just feel like their head may be in the wrong place. I think handing him 3 million euros net per season in wages is way too much. Way, way, way way too much. And I think adding a 25 million euros fee on top of that is – just way too much for a player who I don't necessarily think really uh, tips the scales in favor of Roma.
0: I, I mean, I, I, I like Vertu a, a lot, and uh, but I also think that that would be a bit of a stretch considering already the midfielders that you have um, who, who sort of have similar profiles. Uh, I like Vertu very much, but at the same time, I think... This this whole race for Vertu seems very strange. It seems like all three teams uh, uh, um, are, are, are that are linked to him, which is which are Napoli, Milan, and Roma. They're they're sort of it's not really a, a race. It's sort of who who's more desperate, who's who's. May, I, it seems like they're, we are all trying to get something else first. We're try, just testing the waters, uh, maybe waiting on some other deals to go through, and maybe then see. What else is left on the table? And one of those options, Vertu, I think a lot of things are not said uh, and sort of kept in the dark by by all three teams. Um, so that that's one thing. I, I wouldn't. Be, I, I'm not so sure that Vertu is the real goal. I think Vertu is is more of a, of a backup option. Um, and besides that, I don't know. I'm mean, really, really listen. I'm 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 mo- mo- most excited about about this uh, center back uh, situation because I think that is that is uh, sort of the root uh, or maybe the base of of of, of, a, of a team, and that is the foundation of if you want to do something, you need a, a, a defense. And Roma have lacked defense since really Spalletti left. Um, so that is, that is something that I, I, I'm excited to see being addressed. Uh, so far, I like the names that have been uh, listed. And also one more thing, because I don't want this to get lost. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but El Shirawi posted a message, a farewell message. Very to long on one. End. I
1: was just about to bring it up. So you you go ahead. You, you-
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a long farewell message, and I think the most important part and where we need to make it uh, set the record straight is that he did not release any statements where uh, apparently the the, the 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 statement that he that was released to La Republica was not his; those were not his words about uh, him staying because he's twenty seven years old. So let's set the record straight. And and besides that, I, I really like the message. Uh, it, again, it shows a player that gave his all, uh had the, the 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 mind in the right place, the heart in the right place, and um, I, I, I'm glad he, he took this chance. Uh, and I like the fact that you know he's not he's saying this is this is not a goodbye. And also, right now, I'm sorry for interrupt, but right now it's uh, apparently there's a meeting. Uh, Ongoing. Um, Gianluca Di Marzio just reported that Roma are having a management meeting with Palotta and Baldini included.
1: Well, uh, Palotta... Well, I didn't want to get into it because we've taken enough shit for our opinions about Palotta, Totti, all that stuff. Uh, Palotta is in uh, Italy right now.
0: Yay!
1: (laughs) So... um... It's only for relaxation, but it's for a holiday. But he's, I mean, he's obviously going to meet with uh, the Roma management. So um, nobody go chase after him. I know that always happens and it gets under his skin because he's complained about it to me. Um, So yeah, Palotta has returned. Everybody can relax now um, and let the (laughs) clock reset as to the last time he, he visited the country. Uh, so we will leave it there. We will be back later in the week once again. Hopefully by that time, Roma potentially have closed on another player. It looks like perhaps Gianluca Mancini could be that name. Um, so we will be back again in a couple of days. Uh, and until next time, ciao.